Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Trixie Silvertail. Yes. And it is, you guys are going to love it. I'm so glad that we have this interview for you kind of as us coming back because it's loaded with tons of good information. Right. Yeah. Trixie's a a secret pen name. And Mm -hmm. we talked to Trixie about um, being an introverted author Mm -hmm. and about her pen name, like the benefits and challenges of having a secret pen name. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, her marketing plan, and she got started. Yeah. She's super successful, y'all. Yeah. And uh, she did a lot of work to make sure, you know, to put herself in the best position for that to happen. And yeah. it's really good. Yeah. And her series is over 20 books, 21, yes. I think she said. And so we asked her some questions about writing a long series. And she said right. some really interesting things to say about it that I hadn't heard before. So mm-hmm. it was really good. I really enjoyed it. So yeah. That's coming great. up. Yeah. So how are and, you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Today's been a good day. Yesterday was a good day. Um, we're recording this. What is to, what is the day? The 27th, October 27th. And so last weekend, my husband and I, the week before that, after my sister passed away, decided to like get on a cruise ship and just go away. And we did nothing. Of virtually nothing. We lay by the pool or we were in the pool and, but it was good. It was good for both of us. Um, one morning I saw the uh, property, bro- I saw a commercial for the property brothers on HDTV and they did a little shimmy shake and I saw it and it kind of like got me a little bit. And I was like, what is wrong with me? And we went to breakfast and the whole time I'm thinking about that. And then I remembered that my sister on her birthday, <laughs> which was the 27th, she died. It was September 27th. She died October 1st that I had said happy birthday. And she did the most pathetic little weak shimmy shake, shoulder <laughs> shimmy, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I broke down crying at breakfast. Like broke down crying to the point where the lady next to us went behind Chris in his mouth. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine. But, but, you know, it's just part of it. It was, it was cathartic. It was good. Um, I'm still just taking it super easy right now. Um, I, yeah, I think you need to, I think you just, you know, take it slow and yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't done anything. Yeah, I haven't done anything writing-wise. I was going to try to send out a newsletter, um, and I still may do that uh, this afternoon. I may do that. But I just, it's just a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, writing the newsletter doesn't seem like a lot, but, like, sending it out and Mm -hmm. having response. I mean, it's just. because if you mention that, you'll have. Yes, I just, and I love it. Emotional. Yes. uh, A lot of emotion. Yeah. So, back, right? yeah. But I will say that I am listening to Renee Rose's book, uh, Right to Riches, which is great. I mean, it's very woo woo, 
And mm-hmm. I love that, you know, and I actually, I didn't, Sarah doesn't even know this, but I have asked Renee to be on the podcast because Ooh. it just has a lot of good information. Even if you're not just about mindset and, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're going through stuff that you can't control, I mean, so much of this, we can't control and what you do with that. Um, it's, it's just really good. And, and I guess on that note, I will finish and, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to like continue to go on and on about my sister, but I will say this, that when my sister was diagnosed with cancer 10 and a half years ago, she looked it in the face and she said, do your worst. I'm going to live my life. And she did that. And I guess that of all this stuff that has gone on through this summer and all the things I've said to you guys about her, I, I think that's what I want you to take away is like, there are just things we cannot control and we just need to make decisions that we're going to, that are, that we're going to just live our life. We're going to do what we set out to do. And we're going to, you know, we're going to love the people around us the way we want to love them. And we're going to attack our, our author business the way we want to. And so anyway, I guess I just want to end on that because I, I think that, um, I have had to really sit with that for a while these last few weeks because I don't always do that. I, I let circumstances really um, get me and um, you know, it's, it's, it's about mindset and it's about just making a commitment to things. So anyway, what about you? What's been going on with you? Oh, it's been a good week. It's good. um, Just I'm still learning about Kickstarter and <laughs> now I'm in the fulfillment phase where I'm getting everything in and getting ready to print labels and send things out. So it's still like a learning curve. Yeah. So I'm working on that, um, doing some writing, um, doing some research. We're thinking we're going to, it's about time to buy another car and things mm. like that. They just take up a lot of yep. time that you they don't, do. um, you know, I didn't pencil that in on my schedule, like do four hours mm-hmm. of car research, you know, today, yeah. but it's all worked out. And so that's been good. And um, let's see, I was going to mention um, because we kind of, we haven't had a podcast every week. So I was going to tell you that I saw two movies because Jamie loves movies. Mm-hmm. So I saw um, see how they run. And I don't think it's at the theaters anymore, but it was such an interesting play. I mean, it was a, kind of a spinoff of the play that's in London that Agatha Christie wrote called mm-hmm, The Mousetrap. Mm-hmm. And it kind of takes that and it creates a fictional world around the, the real play. It was very interestingly done. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed that because it was a good mystery. Mm-hmm. And um, then um, I also saw Ticket to Paradise, just a rom-com. And that was a lot of fun. So, right. Right. Yeah. So two thumbs up for me for both of those. Right. Well, um, I saw Ticket to Paradise and it was hilarious. I thought yeah. I just laughed. I thought it was, and I thought it was sweet. I mean, yes. uh, you know, watching yeah. the beats happen, I, mm-hmm. you know, it was really good. And I liked how they did it um, because it was, it was a love story, but not about, not between the two people that end up getting married and everything. It was, yeah. it was just really interesting. Yeah. And it was um, something that hasn't been, really done before and mm-hmm. I think the same thing with the see how they run even though it was a it was derivative from the play this the it was a new story it wasn't just a remake of the play and I think those mm-hmm. are the things I'm most interested in because I see there's a lot of remakes right now of like everything and I'm like oh I don't want to go see you know the remake of whatever I want something new and different 
Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that that has an appeal. Right. Right. Um, I have watched a lot of TV and I did, you talked about Shetland yes. uh, before and I just finished it. It's so good. Yes. It's very yeah. well done, isn't it? Yeah. It's really well done. And I love that it's in Scotland and it's yeah. just beautiful. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've just done that. Yeah. Um, but we should probably get on to the podcast. So today we have Trixie Silvertail with us today. Hi, Trixie. How are you? Hi, I'm doing all right. I love your name. It's, <laughs> it's such a fun probably name. one of the best we've had on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. We're so glad you're here. Thank well, you. Let me read your bio and then we'll jump into the questions and kind of get into Trixie. Uh, you got Trixie it. Silvertail. Oh, sorry. Tongue twister. So this will be edited. I'm going to pause for a minute so that they'll know. So our editor will know to pick it up. Trixie Silvertail grew up reading an endless supply of Lillian Jackson Braun, Hardy Boys, and Nancy Drew novels. She loves amateur sleuths and cozy mysteries and obsesses about all things paranormal. Those two passions unite in her Mitzi Moon mysteries. Well, okay, now I, Mitzi Moon, I don't know. That might be the second best That's thing. even better, huh? Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. And we can add to the bio USA Today bestselling author. Oh, yay. So That's congratulations. awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I well, was very happy to do that. Yeah. Well, tell us how you got into writing, Trixie. Well, I am um, about as introverted as they come. So <laughs> expressing myself um, through writing has always been kind of my number one thing. I, I'm not very people And so um, I always find it easier for me to make my point with written word than than with speaking. So I I was kind of always writing, always, you know, had notebooks filled and filled and filled with stories in my head when I was younger. And then I went into journalism in college and, um, you know, just kept expanding um, until I found Mm -hmm. what really moved me. It was Mm -hmm. something that was almost more mechanical than passionate. And so once I got into what I'm doing now, I was able to really find the the passion for writing, not just the tool right. of it. Right. Well, uh, and I will say Sarah and I have actually met Trixie in real life. And while she is terribly introverted, she is also lovely and yes. just <laughs> Thank you. very pleasant to be with. So uh, it's not like she hides away in her cave all the time. So not all the time, not all the time. <laughs> well, as a fellow introvert though, I feel you on the writing, expressing yourself through writing. I feel much more comfortable with that too. So I think a yeah. lot of people will understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, how long did it take you to write your first Trixie book? Um, so when I launched this new series, the Mitzi Moon Mysteries, I um, wrote the first three before I launched book one. Okay. So I kind of took about eight months, I think it was, to write those three and get them through my whole process of editing and proofing and cover, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then when I released them starting in October of 2019, I did, you know, October, November, December, and really for gosh, about the first year and a half, I was releasing every month. And that was becoming um, burdensome. (laughs) So (laughs) I I began to 
low the pace um, to every six weeks. Mm -hmm. And then eventually whittled my way into every two months. And now I'm looking ahead to 2023 with um, probably a book a quarter in that series. I have another commitment um, that I will also be writing next year. But for that that series, it'll be a, a book a, a quarter. How have good. your readers taken that, the, the kind of slow down from rapid release? Well, um, you know, initially I was, I was starting with zero. I had no readers. I had no social media. I had no, I had nothing. It was absolutely starting from zero. And so that was, you know, took some work to build that up and, and build some loyalty. But now I'm at the point where um, when I post an update somewhere and say, you know, this is going to be pushed out, uh, you know, for this reason or that reason, or this is whatever, I, I get a flood of emails saying, we don't care how long it takes. We're there for your next book kind of thing. So now I've built up the the <laughs> reader loyalty that um, gives me that flexibility. So I'm pretty yeah. grateful for that. That's, that's very nice to have. Yes. Yes, it is. As someone who has um, recently gone through a thing and isn't going to put a book out until after the first of the year, uh, that is, there's something about that that just sort of feeds your soul and, and gives you some peace about, you know, when your readers say those things to you. Yeah, so absolutely. I yeah. Yeah. I get that. yeah. So other than rapid release, did you have a marketing plan for this pen name when you, when you started it? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I did was uh, I did a ton of research before I started um, in the genre, in other genres, you know, around it, because I write paranormal cozy and there's also cozy, there's historical cozy. You know, I was looking yes. into all of those, mm -hmm. um, looking into what really interested me and where that would fit in that spectrum. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, worked with... Um, Brian Cohen of, of um, Best Page Forward yeah. to um, get a better handle on advertising. And I did, I did his course and I did uh, Mark Dawson's Facebook ads course. And I did a couple other people's Amazon ads courses. And um, so right from the beginning, I wanted advertising to be a strong part of my plan because uh I was trying to put something brand new into the world. Mm -hmm. No one had ever heard of Trixie Silvertail. No one had ever heard of Mitzi Moon. And I had already written spectacularly failing series <laughs> before. And I wasn't about to put my heart and soul into yet another thing that no one was going to buy. So my entire plan was these books have to sell or I, I no more, no more righty. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. I'm at the end of the, span of time where I can write and not make money. I have to be able to pay for my job now. Right. Right. And I think that's so interesting. I mean, you did have three books, you know, that you were putting out, but you know, I was the same way at the beginning and I had one book, but I needed to make money and yeah. it's hard to make money when you're not advertising in some way, you don't have to go all out, but you know, I do, I understand where people come from when they say don't start advertising until you have three books or whatever. But for me, that wasn't that wasn't part of my plan. So I, yeah. I think there are two ways to look at it, and I I totally understand your uh, mindset at the time. 
Yeah, I think it's very interesting that you mentioned like research and advertising as your marketing combo. Like, yeah, I don't think we've had anybody talk about it that way, that you really researched the market and you knew what you wanted to write and where it would fit. And then you could find that with advertising. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I used to be very negative on the whole right to market idea because honestly, I didn't fully understand it. (laughs) And um, (laughs) that was part of my hesitancy, but the the idea of writing to market, it sounds um, a little manipulative, mm-hmm. and I never liked that. But once I actually read several books and explored the concept, it made so much sense to me because you're, you want to write books that people want to read, and you want to find those groups of people that want to read what you want to write. So it's not necessarily writing something that you're, you don't care about because you have to, because you just want to sell it to a bunch of rubes, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's because you, you want to provide the best reading experience for this group of people that is hungry for a certain genre. And once I put those pieces together and really this character of Mitzi Moon came to life in my head, I just saw it was such a perfect match. And I, I mean, I've written, 21 books in the series now. Wow. Every one I write outsells the one before. Mm-hmm. So for a series of that long running, I, to me, that is, I couldn't have hoped for anything better. Right. Yeah. And this started in 2019. Is that what you said? Yeah. October, 2019. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. October. Perfect time to release paranormal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Woman did her research. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I just think that's so phenomenal. I love that. I love that explanation of writing that, you know, what you're talking about running to market. Cause you're right. It does get kind of a bum rap sometimes, but it really well, yeah. is just about matching what you're writing with the right readers. Mm-hmm. And if yep. you can get your book in front of the right readers, yep. you can have success. So yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, Sasha Black calls it writing to reader which mm. I was like, that's a good, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you may, you kind of already answered this question, um, but do you, can you think, I don't know if you have anything else to add to this. Um, what okay. do you wish you know? What do you know now that you didn't know when you started writing Trixie? It sounds like you kind of figured out the research and marketing yeah. or anything else. Well, I think I would, I would take it back further. Um, what I, what I know now that I didn't know when I wrote my first series is that um, if you publish a book on Amazon, it doesn't automatically sell itself. That was quite a revelation. I can assure you because yes. I, you know, I wrote the best book that had ever been written in history and no one <laughs> bought it. And I didn't know why. Yeah. Um, so that was the beginning of my journey of um, failing upward, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I remember the first book I put out before Jamie Albright. Um, I, I wrote it with someone else and we put it out. And I mean, I just remember sitting on the sofa, like clapping my hands going, okay, he's going to buy it. And so few people did. Uh, yeah. It was a tad bit disappointing. So. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, where did you find um, like your editor and your cover designer? Was that all part of the research that you did beforehand, or did you look to other authors in that genre and well, kind of I they were using? I did um, 
I did research, but I had an editor that I was working with whose editing skills were fantastic. I just wasn't, um, you know, writing the books that I needed to be writing. So it wasn't any fault of my editor. So I continued with the same editor I had used on previous series. Um, and, and I've always, you know, when I work well with someone, I prefer that relationship yeah. versus just, you know, trying something new for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of the same with cover. I mm-hmm. continued with the same designer, but I did get a lot of feedback from people like uh, Noah Nelson, mm-hmm. um, Aaron Johnson, mm-hmm. um, people like that, that were willing to, you know, reach a hand down and say, Hey, that cover isn't quite right. You need this. You need that. Try this, mm-hmm. maybe change this color. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really lucky to have met people like that at a conference where I would normally never go because mm-hmm. I hate that, mm-hmm. but my partner insisted that I go. And so I met <laughs> these people that ended up being very instrumental and helpful and kind. And, you know, I just feel like um, that was incredibly fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about conferences. I mean, you can, you know, you really can make connections there that will change your career. So, um, and I know those two authors and they are super helpful and they're both super talented. So yeah, Yeah. great combination. Yeah. And it's like conferences can be challenging. Like we talked about being an introvert, but even though it's hard sometimes to go to them, it's, I think it's always been worth it for me to go Mm -hmm. and kind of get out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Well, what's been the biggest surprise that you've had? As Trixie? Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, that I sold books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, because mm-hmm. I had I had written um what, 13 books before that and you know was making an absolute pittance. And I really thought maybe I had made a terrible mistake in thinking that I could, you know, have a career as an author. Yeah. But when those first um big numbers started rolling in. By, you know, I launched in October of 2019. By 2021, I was making six figures off of that series alone. I I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it until I got wow. my, you know, tax, my 1099 yeah. in the mail. And it, it said the number. And I'm like, I still didn't really believe it. But yeah. once I had to pay the taxes, then I believed it. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> that brings you back to reality pretty quickly. Yeah, that then. brings you back to reality real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's great though. Right. And I think this answer that answers uh this next question, which is what's the hardest thing and what's been the best thing? Uh <laughs> I can think yeah. I can, yeah, I think I know the best thing. Uh, is- <laughs> yeah, the hardest thing is is persevering in the face of failure, you know, yeah. it because there's so many moving parts and yeah. I I didn't have some trad pub experience or whatever. I was like literally figuring every step of it out mm-hmm. along the way myself and obviously failed, you know, multiple times. Um, but the best part is having readers read my books mm-hmm. because that is why I write, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yes, I'm happy to pay my bills. I'm not going to pretend like money doesn't matter. <laughs> money does matter. But what makes me feel really good inside is getting positive feedback from readers, whether it's through a review or email or whatever. Um, That, that is what makes the difference to me. It's not just the money that 
has Mm -hmm. limited fulfillment. You know, it's like, yes, yeah, you have to pay your bills. But having people just fall in love with the character and and tell me stories about how this got them through, you know, their recovery after surgery, or this was this, or they so much they gave it to their stepmom and now Mm -hmm. they have something to talk about, or, you know, whatever the story, it just Mm -hmm. makes you feel good that you were able to impact someone like that. Right. And that's a perfect example of you writing a story that, that got in front of the right readers. And then that, that, um, what's the word? Is it serendipity? I don't know. I don't think it's, but anyway, just how that kind of flows and it flows to them and then back to you. And then you gives you energy to write more, which flows to them. And then, you know, I love that. It's not serendipity it's something else, but someone else will (laughs) just let us know. I'm a writer. I know all kinds of words. <laughs> we love our thesaurus. So that's, that's what that's for. Yeah. That's what that's for. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, so you've talked a little bit about this, but have you, like when you started writing Trixie, were there any other uh, mindset changes you had to make to kind of get in the right, right, might, I can't say it right. Mind frame. Uh, um, well, I kind of felt like, it was my, my last chance. Mm-hmm. And so I really pushed myself to switch into business mode. And I wrote, mm-hmm. I wrote um, six days a week, every single day without fail. I had a word count tracker and I would fill that thing in and I would just not give myself any you know room for excuses. Um, and I really wanted to just put the effort in and cause I felt like this is it. If this doesn't work, then it's never going to work. And then I am going to be done. So this is it. We go, you know, come hell or high water. We write our words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And then, um, so the secret pen name, which is Trixie Silvertail, um, have, what challenges have you had with that? Like, um, have you had challenges connecting with other authors in your genre or has it been pretty, a pretty smooth transition? Um, it's been really smooth because I, you know, I'm a hundred percent committed to it. Mm-hmm. So when I um, have to do an in-person thing or a, a video call mm-hmm. or whatever, I ha- I'm in character. Mm-hmm. I am. Oh, I forgot that. Yes. Yeah. You tell are. us about that. How you, you how are, do you do yes. that? Uh, well, I, I have wardrobe, I have wigs, just makeup, glasses, the whole, I am, I am her. <laughs> yeah. So you We're not can actually, do like a live Zoom call or yeah. something interactive and be on screen, but you're in your Trixie look, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. I had forgotten you said that uh, at that conference we were at. I We are not, uh, due to internet issues on uh, we're not seeing each other on this call. So I had forgotten that, but yes, yeah. I think that's such a fantastic idea too, because especially with the genre you write, I, I just think that that really adds something to the Trixie persona <laughs> or solidifies it even uh-huh. with your readers. I love that. Yeah. Well, what have you, um, what have been the benefits of a secret pen name? I mean, cause yours is truly secret. And Mm -hmm. I know some authors start out with a secret pen name and then they reveal it later, but yours is truly secret. So um, what are the Um, benefits of that? Well, 
for me, um, Trixie is a lot nicer than me. (laughs) 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 And uh, so it gives me the ability to um, feel more comfortable, I guess, um, in, in being a little Mm -hmm. more outgoing because I am that character. Mm -hmm. So there's a layer of protection Mm -hmm. between my, a hyper introverted self in the outside world. And mm-hmm. so for me, that's been the best benefit because it, it allows me to participate in these things in a, in a different way than I would. So, right. And I think that's so important. And I hope our listeners are hearing this. I mean, when Trixie says she's hyper introverted, she is not kidding. Like she is very, very introverted. And so a lot of authors would say, well, I just, I can't do that. You know, I can't do that because I can't be in front of people. You know what I'm saying? They can't take it Mm -hmm. to another level because of that. And you have figured out a way to do that. And I think that's wonderful. And I think other people can do that. I mean, I know that Pippa Grant, who is not really introverted, but she for a year had a secret pen name and she wore a unicorn hat or head and every time she thing. went on. Yeah. Every time she went <laughs> on line. Um, so there are things that can be done that readers will love. I mean, they yes. just, they love the whole thing. And so I know your readers love that too, but I, I just think that we all need to hear that. Think outside the box. Like this is not just writing. It is a business. You have to get yourself and your books in front of people. How can you do that the best way? And sometimes that's stepping outside of your own personality and taking on another persona. So I think Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Do you have Um, any other tips like for introvert marketing, anything else that you do that other authors might could emulate that would help them if they're not? You know, one thing I think um, a lot of people who aren't introverts um, think that they understand it. And so they just give you advice for extroverts um, and and pretend like you can just push through and do that. So I always get a lot of people telling me how important it is to do um, Instagram lives and Mm -hmm. Facebook lives and blah, 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 blah. And I just look at them and I go, you don't know the first thing about being an introvert if mm-hmm. you think for one second that that would be good for me or comfortable for me mm-hmm. so i always try to encourage people to pick the social media platforms that work for them and their and where their readers are i don't need to be on tiktok there aren't a bunch of 65 plus women on tiktok <laughs> I, I don't need to be there i don't Correct. need to be doing videos every five minutes um that's just not where my readers are if your readers are there then pff, hallelujah makes sense figure it out, wear a costume, you know, just, just show the objects that you're dealing with and not yourself, you know, whatever. But for me personally, I really narrowed my focus and I only have Trixie is only on Facebook and Instagram and, and BookBub and that's it. I and, love it. You know, people yeah. want to know, well, when are you going to get on Twitter? Well, never. Absolutely never. I never will ever be on Twitter ever. So if you're there, that's great. But I won't. If you see me there, it means I've been kidnapped and someone called the authorities. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. So, you know, it's it's about being honest with yourself about your own strengths and then just setting a boundary and not being afraid to leave it in place. Mm-hmm. Just because 
you know, somebody stands up in front of a room full of people and tells them how great a certain thing is, it doesn't mean it's a great fit for you mm-hmm. and your readers and your release schedule and your writing style. Correct. It's always good to have information, mm-hmm. but you have to be willing to refuse it as easily as you accept it. It can't right. be like, you know, some kind of people come to Jesus <laughs> meeting where everybody just drinks the punch, you know, the yeah. punch isn't for everybody. Yeah. It's not for everybody. So no. it's great to get information. It's great to do research. I highly recommend it, mm-hmm. but be honest about who you are as a, as a person and a writer before you start running off down a road that you're going to waste time and money on that could have been spent down a different road that would actually bring you a better result. Right. And get discouraged because you, you tried to do something that just does not fit for you. Um, I think that's great. So we talked about this a little bit, but like networking with other authors, that's, it's not terribly hard for you with a secret pen name. And then from what I understand, is that right? Um, No, I actually um, managed two Halloween cozy mystery anthologies as Trixie Silvertail. And I, you know, myself and Nova Nelson and Aaron Johnson were kind of the the core team that put those Mm -hmm. together. But Mm -hmm. um, I did all managed all of that and the meetings and the, you know, everything that we did. um, And we had online face-to-faces and all of that. So again, it was just about being committed to what was going to work for me. That's great. And then you've done, you've done collaboration with Nova and Aaron, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. we separately um, uh, wrote a series called the um, Magical Renaissance Fair Mysteries. Oh, I love that! I love that. And then, is that an ongoing thing, or did y'all just do a book each in that? We do um, we do a book each each year at a different venue. So our, oh, okay. our you know we had a trilogy last year. We just mm-hmm. had a trilogy this year in August, and we'll have another trilogy next year in August. Might, oh, might be great. the last one, but you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that's great um, because yeah. you know that is how you can also find new readers, and you know, right? Share yeah. So we them. each have our own different main character, but we share all those kind of secondary supporting characters. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there's a, a consistent thread that goes through the books, um, but each of our main characters gets to solve their own mystery. Mm. Okay, I love that. Yeah. I think the author collaboration i'm seeing more and more of that like in shared worlds in Mm -hmm. uh, not just like anthologies but like yeah you know themed anthologies or i think it's very interesting i think it's very a good way to market and uh share readers with other authors you know kind of Mm -hmm. bring other people into your world yeah i agree and it and it gives you an opportunity to um learn from, mm-hmm. from these people that you get to work mm-hmm. with, you know, because yeah. people have different sets of um, strengths and, you know, that. And so you really get to be exposed to other ideas or other ways of doing things. And it, I think it's a really nice give and take kind of mm-hmm. process. I love that. Yeah, uh, I think that's great. And I think I've said, I've loved that about 15 times during this interview. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little rusty, but just everybody <laughs> bear with us. Bear with us. Um, so I just, I, I'm just so glad for you. Where do you see Trixie going? Like, are you going to continue this um, 
the uh, Misty Moon series, or are you going to break out and do other series? And like, well, where the, do you see- the series is is um, going to be spinning off um, mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. So the character, the main characters, will continue, um, but the the storyline is going to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and for readers of the series, I'm sure they can predict how that's going to work. But I don't. Know. <laughs> Spoil- I don't want to spoil don't it for anyone. Um, so yeah, book 21 in the Mitzi Moon Mysteries comes out November 29th. And then um, the first book in the spinoff series will come out in the spring of 2023. That's great. Well, I, I think don't. we have to ask since, I mean, we haven't talked to a lot of people who have written 20 plus books in the same yeah. series. So <laughs> do you have any tips for like writing a long series? Yes. Because, and like, to know that each one sells better than the last, that's really an accomplishment. So yeah. I'll tell your secrets if you don't. Okay, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Hang on, let me grab a pen. <laughs> yeah, um, well, so I always have the next book up for pre-order okay. when I launch a book mm-hmm. so that I can start, um, I can see those numbers immediately as far as how are, how are pre-orders going. Mm-hmm. Um, are they keeping pace with what was happening before or not? And my my theme for myself in this whole series has always been: when it stops selling, we stop writing. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna write books that don't sell anymore. That's not who I am as an author now. Uh, so I would always just keep my eye on that, and you know, keep plugging away with my words and checking my pre orders and and writing the books. So it was just a way for me to keep tabs on the process as mm-hmm. I as I move through it. Um, but as far as keeping the stories interesting, uh, I really may, I have a, a huge series Bible that I've, you know, accumulated in Scribner and I really make sure that I didn't repeat any, um, themes. In other words, every book is a new and different mystery. Mm-hmm. There, there's not going to be 14 stabbings in the 21 books, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna each one is gonna be different. And I tried to also stay true to the fictional geography as far as the weather, you know, in each book. Um, so I really tried to make it feel like even though you could read any one of them as a standalone because there's enough backstory given, it's not enough to deter a reader who's reading through the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, and every you know, the mystery, there's always the main A story mystery is always solved in the book, never a cliffhanger. But there are also B and C and D storylines for some of the main characters that will weave their way through the series. So if you're a series reader, you get the reward of that Easter egg. But if you mm-hmm. just grabbed a, a, a single book, you you get the reward of solving that mystery. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and I think that's that- so important when you're writing long series is that kind of... Uh, Closing certain loops, but leaving some loops open to to bring people through the series. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt there. That's okay. So I was going to ask: Have you found that like your cast of characters is is getting bigger and bigger and bigger as the series goes on? Do you bring in new characters, or do you stay kind of with your core that you in the from in the beginning? Yeah. So I have my core characters that are you know there, and they don't it, they don't all play in every book. Um, mm-hmm. I have a background in film and television. So there's a saying where you have your 13 out of 13 characters and you have your 13 out of nine characters and you have your three art characters and you have your guest appearance characters. So a 13 out of 13 character means that for all 13 episodes of the season, that character is in every episode. 
and you know, so on down the line. So if someone's only a nine out of 13, they're not in every book. If somebody's just doing a three arc, they're, they're only in three episodes. So I kind of use that same mindset when I look at how I bring characters into the books. And sometimes a villain will be um, partially, you know, uh, subdued in one book and various sundry people will pay for quote unquote, the crime, but there's a loophole left where he could appear later. Um, And so that adds a little bit of intrigue or something like that, but really the main characters are pretty much in, in every book and then different people are brought in, you know, as needed for whatever crime is being committed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that can come in the way of a a community wide celebration that would bring in a bunch of tourists or, you know, whatever it Mm -hmm. it just depends. Right. Um, And you are in KU, correct? I I am. Yeah. Yeah. And so you do a pre-order, even though you're in KU, I think that's, I found that interesting. I mean, just, and I think listeners will too, because, you know, you've heard different things about pre-orders and being in the KU. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do pre. I do a full price pre order as well. I I don't do a sale. That's great. I love that. And so, how how far in advance? So you're doing one a quarter. So it's it's up three months in advance. Yeah. Right now, this year I was I I think I was more like every two months. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Well, well I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think people will be mm-hmm. glad to hear this that because part of the Thing with rapid releases, it, people get tired and it wears yeah. you down. And yeah, so it's, it's too much. It, yeah, it's too much. You were able to kind of slow down, and your readers were still okay with it. Yeah, that will probably be encouraging to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it, it was for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trixie, uh, tell us what you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been. Well. Honestly, um, it again, it comes from my film and television days and people always wanting to be, you know, the next um, great film director. Uh, There's no success in creativity without functionality. So Mm. you have to be a functional creative. You can't just sit around and dream every day. You have to actually put words on paper and then you have to send those words to an editor and then you have to put those words in a book and then you have to publish that but you know you can't just sit around and dream Mm -hmm. nothing will ever happen that's not how that's not how great books are written it's not how great movies are made you have to actually do something Mm -hmm. I love great I think yeah (laughs) yeah it was a very good note to end on um so tell people where they can find you and your books and all that good stuff. Uh, so the eBooks are available on Amazon. Paperbacks are available everywhere. Audiobooks are available everywhere. And uh, I am on Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. Trixie Silvertail and BookBub. And that is all. Mm-hmm. And I have a website, TrixieSilvertail.com. And it's T-A-L-E. Okay, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Trixie Silvertail. Yeah. Well, we will have all those (laughs) links in the show notes. And um, thanks for talking to us today. We appreciate it. Yeah. It's been great. Um, Absolutely. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And you can find all those links at wishadnamedpodcast.com. Thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. 
We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.